Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 18th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Wow. Back from a long trip on the road. The Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association press conference. And then we dovetailed that right into the Freedom Fest. And we've been on the road all week last week. We had several rebroadcast shows. That was unintentional, ladies and gentlemen. When we got there, we intended to broadcast live every single day. When we got to the event, it opened at 7.30 Pacific time, uh, which, believe it or not, the show starts at 6 Pacific time. Well, if you can't get into the venue early enough, how do you do your show? Problem, right? Anyway, so we recorded a bunch of content. We were refeeds to the best of our ability, uh, and then we were live as much as we possibly could be. We pre-recorded a bunch of interviews that were aired as well. Uh, So it was a little bit of a rocky road from that point of view. But the good news is... We did set up great interviews. We did play a lot of them back already. And the best part is coming back from Freedom Fest, we have a lot more great interviews to play, to run. They're fresh content, no doubt about it, but they're killer interviews from uh, the Freedom Fest. Now, Freedom Fest uh, was a little bit of a disappointment for me this time. It wasn't near the crowd that we expected. Believe it or not, there was a lot more people in South Dakota than there were in Las Vegas. Now, that's surprising to me because South Dakota was the year they went um, to a different location because Vegas was all shut down because of the COVID, right? And so I thought, man, you know, South Dakota was incredible. A lot of people, great booths, great people, just, wow, a killer show. I thought when they got back to Vegas, their home turf, it would be much bigger, much larger crowd. Not so. So that was a bit of a disappointment for me personally. Uh, We did see a lot of old friends. We did meet some new people. I'm glad I went. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, But if it's in Vegas again, I don't know that I would go. I love the Ahern Hotel, ladies and gentlemen. Great place, great people. It is a diamond in Las Vegas. I'll tell you that right now. But I will also say that I I just can't stand Las Vegas. I just, I mean, a lot of the big cities in America these days, and especially the places of gambling or whatever you want to say, they've just turned into third-world country cesspools. Uh, No offense. I don't mean to be rude. I'm just telling you. Uh, For example, we're getting ready to leave on the plane yesterday, and we literally are going to McDonald's because, you know, you can either do McDonald's or you can go to an airport restaurant. Airport restaurants are just so expensive. So we go to McDonald's, grab a, a bite. There's this guy literally sleeping on the ground, on the hard asphalt, in a parking space, just literally sleeping there. Nothing for a pillow except his arm. 
these people are so drugged out and so far, so lost, so far away that it's that it's it's hard to even. I don't know. I don't even know what words to describe. It's hard to even see, and not just get sick to your stomach thinking, "What on earth is going on to humanity?" Nobody seemed to care. Nobody seemed to do anything. Everybody just kind of looked the other way. And I mean, it reminds me of the Good Samaritan gone bad. It reminds me of the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees of yesteryear. Nobody seemed to do anything to help this guy. The sad part is you don't know if this guy even wanted any help at all, right? But uh, what do you do in that kind of deal situation? I just don't even know. But, but I'm telling you, Vegas is just awful. It is so hot. It was like 114 degrees outside. I mean, I literally, I mean, the thought came to me, if you want to know what it's like to go to hell before you actually go there, just go to Vegas and walk around in the heat for a while. Okay. And then at night, okay, in the day, in the morning time, it's pretty quiet, mellow place for the most part. Everybody's sleeping off their, I don't know what you want to say there, <sighs> actions of the night. I don't know how to best describe it. And so it's pretty mellow and quiet, but man, come nighttime, the freak show comes out. I'm not trying to be rude to humanity or to my brothers and sisters, children of God, but man, people are just, they're living for all the wrong reasons, I'll tell you that. They have forgotten God, I'll tell you that. They have just embraced all manner of everything that would be against God, family, and country. Let's just say that. Let's be as polite as we can here. Let's be as respectful. But look, they're, they're, they're lost. They are so far gone, too, that in many, in many ways the humanity has even gone out of their eyes. They're so hopeless. They're looking for uh, some happiness or something in the next bottle, in the next sex act, in the next I don't even know what, in the next gambling loss or win. or They're just pursuing all the wrong things as fast and as hard as they possibly can. The, there was a ton of people there. There was just humanity just partying as hard as they could to where you just got the feeling this is this is like Bourbon Street. This is like Mardi Gras uh, every day. And I know Vegas is kind of happy because it's getting back to normal or what, whatever you call normal is. But man, oh man, people. So anyway, that would, to me was just a just a, a tragic a reality. So anyway, all I'm telling you is if they have it in Vegas again, I, I don't know that I'll go back. They had it at the Mirage Hotel, which is right at the center of the Strip, which is just a massive property. I mean, you had to walk literally a mile, probably. <laughs> to and from your car just to, you know, get to the right place where the venue was in the convention center. They don't allow you to park outside the convention center and go in. They make you walk and wind all the way through the casino, which is supposed to not be smoky, but it is. Um, it's crowded. It's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just awful. You want to bring your stuff in and you're forced to deal with the unions which means the costs are just out of out of control. Food prices, you know, when I was a kid in Vegas, food food was like the wonderful blessing. Man, you could go to Vegas and get some incredible food for inexpensive. But not anymore. The food in Vegas has just swung the pendulum so far the opposite way. Food in Vegas is incredibly expensive. We couldn't find 
dinner hardly for less than 35 bucks a person. I mean, it was insanity. Anyway, enough of that. I'll keep talking about this over the next several days as I let some of the interviews unfold. But, man, our press conference was incredible. The Ahern Hotel was incredible. Uh, the Freedom Fest was wonderful for a lot of reasons, but what a disappointment. Vegas, on the other hand, is just, wow, folks, I don't even want to ever go back. All right, without further ado, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org. It's been a long time, brother. Welcome back, sir. Wow, thanks for having me back, uh, Sam. It is good to be back, but I'm really glad you had a good week last week. And and uh, But it's good to be back on the show. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Now you're, tell us about your travels, because you and I have both been traveling here. Give, give us a little update from your, your world, sir. Well, most, re- re- most recently, went to the Black Hills um, there in South Dakota uh, with my wife for, I don't know, the weekend, maybe a couple, uh, maybe a weekend or two ago. Uh, visited um, a site of a silo, you know, an abandoned silo that uh, we used to have uh, to, uh, you know, during the Cold War. That was interesting. Went to um, uh, various places, uh, pretty much everywhere except Mount Rushmore, because we'd been there before. Um, and so we just went to every every other place that we could think it's of. It's a fun um, place. It's the heartland of America, isn't it, sir? <laughs> beautiful place. You know, the Dances with Wolves uh, was, was filmed over there. Uh, went to Fort Hayes, where uh, a lot of the, the film was shot. Well, some of the film was shot there. And they had a lot of filmography and uh, props and so forth from the movie there at Fort Hayes. Um, I didn't realize how uh, much um, that Kevin Costner put into that film. I mean, everybody told him he was a fool for for doing it and that he was going to, it's going to be an epic failure. Um, and, but he believed in it so much and he wanted the story of the Lakota Indians, the Sioux Indians told so authentically, he even made them, you know, learn the language, <laughs> the, the authentic language that they spoke in, in the film. I mean, and, and he was going to fire them if they didn't learn it. Right. I mean, he, he made him take it seriously and, and he took it seriously. He put, uh, I think, what, two or three million of his own money uh, into the film uh, near the end when they ran out of money just because he wanted to fin- uh, finish it so badly. Everybody told him a three-hour movie was too long, but he, he was not about to cut. <laughs> so it turned out, I mean, there's just so many fun things about that movie um, that uh, he, he wanted to tell. And, and what it did was that it brought out the, the story of the Lakota people and in a way that it had never been told before, right? I mean, um, before that time, people were, you know, uh, looked down on, on the Indians. They, they didn't realize that they had families and that they valued life and, and that they, like, used every part of the buffalo and they were angry at the white man for just shooting them for the robes and leaving the rest to rot. I mean, what an eye-opener. What a great movie for... You know, one, one case where a, a movie did some good, Sam. And where uh, the white man uh, always referred to them as savages, learning about their rich culture and their incredible educated position on so many things. Hang tight. Lowell Nelson is Seconds Campaign for Liberty.org on your radio, baby. 
treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because it gets spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9:6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. All right, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Decertification, a big word, a huge meaning. We're talking about a TED Talk from February 13th, or February 2013, I should say. By the, uh, A guy by the name of Alan Savory gave this talk, incredible insight, Lowell. Thank you, Sam. I had never heard this talk until just this weekend. Uh, a friend uh, made it available to me and said, well, here's something we should should know about. And, and boy, I totally agree. Um, this gentleman uh, had spent his life, he, he was born in Africa, grew up in Africa, was intimately familiar with the um, the desertification, you know, desert is basically what he's saying. There's desert. And, and the process of turning land into desert, you know, fruitful um, land into deserts is what he calls desert, desert, desertification. Um, and, and he explained that basically two-thirds of our planet uh, is, is in this situation. Uh, two-thirds of the, uh, of the arable land of the planet, basically it has a wet season and a dry season. And it goes back and forth between, uh, you know, wet and dry seasons and, and therefore is becoming desert. And, and why is it becoming desert? Uh, he was interested in this because he believed that uh, growing up that the, the livestock was what was creating the desert. You know, the overgrazing by the livestock was creating desert of, of you know, two-thirds of the arable land on the planet. 
way. You know, and, and by the way, one third of the air of, of the arable land is is wet all of the time. Basically, the equatorial uh, strip around the, the planet is just so wet all of the time that it never turns into a desert. You, you can't really turn it into a desert. I mean, it's just because it's so fertile, so verdant. Um, but uh, but the arable land, because it is turning into desert, it's not supporting life the way it should. You know, it's not supporting the plant life and the vegetation and so forth that will support animals and livestock and wildlife. And therefore, we're having less arable land, less food, and people are starving, right? Uh, and so that's the, the threat. Well, what he found out, Sam, was that it wasn't the overgrazing by livestock that was causing the, this land to, to turn into desert. Uh, he was astounded to find out that, uh, you know, the more livestock you had, the better the land responded. Um, and in fact, he found the very same thing in the United States with all of the, the national parks that were declared and the way the livestock were, were cleared out of, of national parks to preserve the natural wonders and so forth. It just turned that national park into a desert and that did not sustain life. Um, well, and so uh, as he as he found out about this, he, he then realized that the answer was to um, was, was to put livestock back on uh, on the land to to slow the desertification, uh, and this is contrary to what everyone had believed, and it's still contrary to what the establishment believes. And so you have to ask yourself, and he what he what he did, he asked himself, what is it about grazing animals that uh, preserves the the grasslands? Well, it turns out that, that large numbers of grazing animals, meaning herds of livestock, well, they they eat the grass, and then they dung and they urinate all over where they're eating, and so they're forced to keep, to move on. So, and their hooves, they're, they're trampling the ground, punctures the the uh, the soil, making it think aeration Think aeration for your lawn, God style. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And uh, because the animals do that, um, then the land then becomes re re a receptacle for the rainwater and the carbon. Because if you lose if you lose water from the soil, you also lose carbon from the soil. And so, and you know, all these climate change people, they're telling us to get off of the land, remove the wildlife, remove the livestock from the land. But and that is actually killing the land. So, and, and so if you have livestock and wildlife on the land to puncture the land and to eat the grass, so the grass, it, it changes the, the, the grass biologically. And then that is that, that, that the urine and the dung from the wildlife and the livestock, that pr provides a cover on the land, which helps to prevent the evaporation of water helps to prevent the loss of carbon into the atmosphere, um, and it provides for a better yield from the land the following season. So uh, the dung, the urine, and the mulch, they cover the grassland, so the soil is better able to absorb and hold the rainwater and the, and the carbon in, in the land. 
Now, let me stop uh, you there. When we hold the rainwater and the carbon in, we have less global warming because we have water. And uh, anyway, that cools off the earth uh, as well. It keeps the earth cool. Now, let me add something to what you're saying because I'm going to give a second uh, evidence to this point, this incredible um, TED Talk uh, orator is providing. Uh I uh, interviewed some time ago, a couple of years ago, a gentleman. By the name of David Mylark, mm-hmm. or Mylark, <laughs> and David is a co-founder of what's called Archangel Ancient Tree Archives, and what he's known for is he and others have harvested DNA from old sequoia trees, old redwood trees, uh, and they've managed to revive this and plant new huge trees. And so he's an expert on uh, tree um, reviving and replanting and everything else. And the idea is that they say this is the great fight, the great answer to solve global warming. Because when they plant these trees, it'll solve the carbon dioxide issue. Uh, it'll do all these things and it'll create great exchange and equality or uh, I should say equity in the earth. And so that he, he plants these incredible trees all over the world in an effort to bring back earth's balance, if you will. Well, the reason I'm telling you this whole story is because he teaches that if you plant a bunch of trees where you had desert before, what happens is the trees signal to the earth and call for water. And believe it or not, in the under the earth, the aquifer channels water where it's needed most. And so if you don't have any trees, the water's all pooled to the oceans. But if you have a bunch of trees and a bunch of wildlife on top of the soil, literally the earth then moves the water around and the aquifers and everything else. And it adjusts and provides water and brings water inland, changing the whole landscape, growing the trees, and restoring this balance. Anyway, I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but this backs uh, from a completely different perspective, completely different group of people that don't even know each other, this whole point you're making, sir. Wow. Yeah, I love that. Uh, This uh, Alan Savory has uh, proven the uh, impact of his work because he owns a big ranch there in Zimbabwe, uh, thousands of acres. uh, And on his ranch, which um, he, he, you know, where he's using these cattle, uh, I'm talking cows and sheep and goats, and he he moves them around his ranch in a very very planned, methodical, systematic way. as, as you know, as the way nature would have done, um, and and on his ranch, it's green, it's growing. The grass is verdant. The the, the rivers are full of water. Um, the and the trees are growing. The the grass is growing, and the crop yields are um, like five times uh, as big or better than anything surrounding them. Any any land around them that uh, has uh, used the the, uh, the establishment way of growing crops. And of course, so right and then outside of his ranch, which of course has the same rainfall uh, as, as his ranch does, the land is, is barren. It's, it's desert. It's, the soils are non-responsive. There, there's, there, there's nothing growing there. And so it's just, it's just sand, it's desert. I mean, it's, it's bleak. Uh, it's terrible. So, and, and he, he's done that not only in Africa, but now in, in, uh, in the years following his TED Talk, he says that his 20-minute TED Talk did more to illuminate the minds of, 
of, of people around the world and de decades of efforts of his own efforts uh, against the naysayers and the establishment critics and it, it has inspired millions of people and so there's there's these um, places all over uh, dozens and dozens of these learning stations or learning hubs around the world now that are planned locally they're managed locally um, and it's not this top-down globalist uh, pressure but it's bottoms up grassroots deciding to do this and there are uh, places now becoming green and fertile like that were formerly desert sam all over the world now millions and millions of acres it's ladies and gentlemen we're talking about a ted talk from february 2013 by alan savory we're talking about who are the real environmentalists huh nobody round table live Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. With inflation continuing to be a disaster to the American people, Federal Reserve officials have indicated they are likely to raise interest rates by 0.75 percentage point later this month. That's for the second straight meeting. The policymakers will meet on the 26th and the 27th of this month. A shooting at a mall in Greenwood, Indiana last night took four lives, including the suspected gunman, who police say was shot by an armed citizen almost immediately when he began firing in the food court. Greenwood Police Chief Jim Eisen. It appears that a good uh, Samaritan that was armed uh, observed the shooting in progress and shot the shooter. Four people died after two single-engine planes crashed into each other at the North Las Vegas airport on Sunday. One plane was landing. One was ready to take off. Two people were on board each plane. USA Radio News. Paid for by government.com. Have you heard? The 2022 proof Silver Eagle coins sold out at the U.S. Mint almost immediately. But a recent stash has hit the market. That's right. Brand new 2022 coins in collector quality proof condition. Each one ounce pure silver coin bears the iconic W Mint mark for the West Point Mint, rarely seen on coins today. But you must hurry. Only a limited number of these special American Silver Eagles are available. Just call 1-800-895-7267 and you are are guaranteed a 2022 W-proof Silver Eagle. These are sold out at the U.S. Mint. You must call now. To learn more, call 1-800-895-7267. If you order now, you will receive free shipping and a bonus Collector Patriots pack. Over a $33 value, free with every order. Call 1-800-895-7267 now to secure your new 2022 W American Silver Eagle coins before they are gone. That's 1-800-895-7267. Arizona and Texas are giving Washington lawmakers a taste of their own medicine. As the humanitarian crisis at the southern border continues, Texas and Arizona have taken an apparent stand against the Biden administration's border policies by busing illegal immigrants to the nation's capital. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser says more needs to be done to help with the situation, but believes it shouldn't fall on local taxpayers. Well, local taxpayers are not picking up the tab and should not pick up the tab. Um, and we really need a coordinated federal response. We know um, that it's done uh, for refugees who, who come uh, to, to the states. 
from all points uh, of the world, and the same has to be uh, done in this situation. That audio courtesy of CBS's Fascination. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. We are USA Radio News. All right, back to you live, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org with me. We're talking about this incredible uh, TED Talk, February 2013, uh, about desertification. And it's a weird word because we're not talking about decertification, like decertifying the results or something like that. That's not the word. It's desertification. In other words, hey, how do we um, change the deserts into lush green land? What causes deserts? What encourages and increases and furthers deserts versus the opposite, which is lush, beautiful farmland, etc. cetera? Uh, and we've learned that, you know what, when you take the livestock off, when you try to act like we should not farm the land, when you, it just makes it worse. When you don't plant trees, it just makes it worse. When you plant trees and live on the land and do things with the land that are appropriate, uh, it naturally then creates more. Well, this is a very fundamental principle in life, Lowell. You want a certain outcome, live and breathe and love and do that outcome, and pretty soon uh, it'll come to pass. You want to hang out with wealthy people, or you want to be wealthy, hang out with wealthy people. You want to be smart, hang out with smart people. You want the land to be prosperous, prosper the land. This is a fundamental principle beyond the two case studies we've provided. This is a fundamental principle that is in every aspect of life, Lowell. Right, Sam. And as I reflect on the the last few years of our life there on the ranch, uh, I grew up in a, on a ranch north of Salmon, Idaho, a uh, 400-acre ranch uh, there my, my family owned for, for years, I think from like 60 to 95, roughly, so 35 years there. Um, in the late 80s and the early 90s, well, yeah, pretty much the last 15 to 20 years of our life there on the ranch, um, I remember that the BLM and the Forest Service, uh, they, they, they always used to welcome our cattle onto public lands. Um, but then there came a turning point when, the B, when, when they began um, charging uh, grazing fees or they increased the grazing fees um, on the ranchers. And not just us, but all of the ranchers in, in the Salmon Valley and, and surrounding area. You know, it was something like a buck a head every year, a, a dollar per head of cow, right? So you had to pay for the cow that was on the range, for the calf that uh, she dropped in the springtime, and also the yearling that you kept the, for the, the year and a half before you sold it. So we had a small herd of 35 cows, and so it was basically 100 bucks a year in order to, to graze them on public land. Well, the fees were increased like not just a dollar or two, but they went up to $10 a head, and then 15 and then 25 and and higher. And, and so it became astronomical. We, we, we couldn't do that. We couldn't graze our cattle on the public land anymore. Um, and then they actually quit giving you permits to, to graze uh, cattle on, on the public land. Um, and so, uh, you know, I didn't realize that when I was there as a kid, realized, the impact that I was having, the adverse impact it was having on the land. But, but I, as I think about it now, there's no sheep, no cows, no goats. Um, the, the, the grass goes uneaten. 
right? And, and there's no dung on the land. Uh, it's not fertilized with urine and dung anymore. It's not trampled in order to retain water and carbon. And so what's been the result? Well, you've had forest fires that have ravaged these lands, and, and erosion has, has, has wounded the lands and, and uh, undermined the foundation of the land. And so the land no longer sustains the wildlife that formerly uh, existed there. Uh, and the result really has been a, a big net negative on the land. That's what our climate change people want, Sam. They, they want fewer people on the land. They want less livestock on the land, less mining, less grazing, less uh, lumbering, you know, less harvesting of the timber, uh, less stewardship of the land. And, and, and it's a potentially very abundant resource, right? The Lord says there is, there is more than enough here on this planet to support all of his children. He also but said room to spare. Room to spare. But if we are not able to exercise stewardship for the land, if we're not able to live on the land and run livestock on the land and to grow gardens and orchards and trees on the land, then it's, it's a big waste. I mean, that's one of the reasons that timber, the lumber prices are so high, Sam, is because there's no more lumbering on, on, the, on the public lands in, in Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, Montana. Uh, so much of it has been locked up by the, 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 the tree huggers that, you know, you, you just can't get lumber for reasonable price anymore. So, I mean, all of these things are combining to... to well, uh, and Americans... And, Americans are going to feel it very, very soon, just like the Dutch. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right, Sam, um, because the Dutch, uh, have a couple of years ago, the Green Agenda came to the Netherlands, and uh, it's being forced down their throats there. turns out that the Netherlands is currently in uproar over the government's decision to reduce the number of livestock by 30%, in an effort to, to, to cut in half its nitrogen and ammonia pollution by 2030. You know, and so in light of, of what we just learned, Sam, in the first segment, where the ammonia and the nitrogen is so essential to the soil, and it's, it's produced vital to the livestock uh, on the land, then it's just comical that the the green agenda wants to remove all of that from the land. And so I don't know if they know this or not, but what they're doing is they're producing a death sentence for the land by, by saying, well, we got to remove the nitrogen and the ammonia, the pollution. They know full well what they're doing, sir. Yeah, that's, that's what I think too. Well, so as a result of this green policy, there's, there's thousands of farmers there in the Netherlands, that are being driven out of business. This has been going on a couple of years, Sam. I didn't know it was going on. I visited the Netherlands a few years ago and found it to be a beautiful, verdant, fertile place. I mean, they got four rivers coming down from Europe that all uh, go through the Netherlands on the way to the ocean. And uh, it is one of the most fertile places on earth. Talk about, you know, big cabbages and lots of corn and I mean, all the vegetables of the world that are grown there are bigger and better than anything you've ever seen anywhere else in the world. But it won't be for have... long if they kill it, buddy. <laughs> That's right. It's just sad. I mean, uh, and so with with uh, the, the Dutch government, um, you know, 
even appointing a new minister of nature and nitrogen to oversee the climate goals. We got this climate, this 2030 uh, goal. Well, and they're enforcing it there in 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 Holland, in, in Netherlands. And so what what's happening is uh, because they're forcing so many farmers out of business uh, because of these policies, very similar to what happened to us in the 1980s there on the ranch in Idaho. They forced people out of business. Um, and, and now and it's going to turn the land into the desert, right, because it's not going to be um, run correctly. Um, what's that going to do? Well, it's going to make the production of food more expensive. There's going to be less food, um, and, and, and so it's going to increase the food prices, and it's going to starve millions of people. That's one thing we didn't talk about in the first segment is because the, the desertification there are millions of people starving for food because they're not exporting. They don't have enough crops to grow their livestock, they don't have, and so they don't have enough livestock to go around. A lot of people depend on those livestock to eat, right, to, 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 to sustain their lives, and they, they, they don't have that livestock, and so they end up starving. So there's famine in the land. There's starvation in the land. And that's what's coming to the Netherlands. It's coming to Europe because it turns out that the Netherlands is a net exporter of food. They have so much food there that they, they export to the rest of the, the European Union so much of their produce and their livestock. Well, so there's a food shortage coming to, <laughs> to Europe because of this. Um, there's an independent researcher there named Peter Emanuelson um, who, who believes that the timing of this, what he calls brazen attack on cattle farmers, is a very curious one and one that, one that can really only be explained as an intentional strategy to force us into what? The Great Reset by manufacturing a food crisis. He says we'll likely see even more expensive food next year. Unfortunately, probably famines in some parts of the world. So uh, what do the, the genius politicians in Europe do? They want to shut down the farms because of climate change, of course. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, so, Dr. Joseph Mercola wrote an incredible article about this in LouRockwell.com. says Dutch farmers rise up against food system reset. This is all about their... Uh, in my opinion, agenda, ladies and gentlemen, to reduce the population, to lord over the rest of us. Hey, do you know who owns the most farmland of anybody else in the country? I'll tell you in seconds as well. I'm Sam Bushman with Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, on your radio. The CDC just reported that 7,218 people died after receiving a COVID-19 shot. Granted, vaccines are a complicated concoction of chemicals, and as with any medical experiment, it can take a long time to get it right. This is not the first time people have been hurt when vaccinated. What is different this time, and so concerning, is the reaction to these death numbers. Let me explain. In 1976, the government vaccinated 45 million people for swine flu. A total of 53 people died after getting that shot, and the U.S. government immediately halted the vaccination program. Why? Because authorities decided it was too much of a 
a risk. Why would they halt the program back then for 53 deaths, but now, with over 7,000 deaths, they are using every method possible to force it on you? In fact, now the health authorities are using their power to silence anyone who dares to question the COVID vaccination. Why? Why is anyone that questions COVID silenced? Even doctors are being censored. What's up with that? Paid for by Evan Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. All right, back to you live, ladies and gentlemen. How do you like the Great Reset? Ladies and gentlemen, it is disaster for you and me economically, financially. We are facing a food crisis, ladies and gentlemen, and they want to shut down our farms in the name of climate change. I guess they really want you just to eat the bugs and be happy. They're literally making meat so expensive that the common people, you and I, won't be able to afford it at all, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about... Right now, Dutch farmers rise up against the food system reset, writes Dr. Joseph Mercola. Uh, but you know what? It's coming to a farm near you, Lowell. It is, Sam. And many of these farmers in Netherlands are protesting. Um, they've been blocking highways with their tractors and so forth. I didn't see any of this covered um, here in the mainstream news. Of course, I don't watch the mainstream news much, but you'd, you'd have thought that I'd heard about it. But but I hadn't until this weekend. Um, these farmers in in Netherlands were you know, blocking their highways with their tractors and just stopping basically all all commerce there in the Netherlands. And and uh, they, and the police there are trying to crack down, just like the uh, Can- Canadian uh, police cracked down on the truckers there in Canada. Um, you know they even they even uh, opened up fire and shot at some of these. Uh, these um, these farmers. So, I mean, it, it, it it's really um, serious. And uh, the the solution, Sam, is is you know we the people, you know we we have to we have to preserve life and our livelihoods. Um, we have to preserve our liberties the very best we can. We we have to prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. But we have to work peacefully for a restoration. Of, of our liberties and we have to preserve those that we have remaining to us and, and work to restore those that we have lost but uh, we can't let the great reset come down on us this way you've got people in in canada protesting you got people in netherlands protesting and we just need more strength in the people to to, to not allow because when you think about it there's more people 
far more people, more of us than there are of them. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, the BAPF, for example, has 5,000 agents. Well, what's 5,000 compared to millions of people who uh, are resilient and who won't, uh, who refuse to go along? With the, this new global order, this new global reset, right? I mean, so that's that's what we're up against, Sam. And it was just sobering to me to to be reading these articles this weekend about what's happening to our planet, what's happening as a result of the green agenda and the global reset, and and you know the vaccines uh, are all part of it. Like you said, they want to grow meat in the laboratory uh, to sell to people because they don't think that, uh, that livestock should be grazing on, on the planet anymore. Now, ladies and gentlemen, they call this the impossible burger. It is impossible for men to play God, lol. Yeah. I totally agree, Sam, but they're going to try, uh, just like they've tried to create vaccines to, to um, uh, you know fix all of the problems. They try to create pharmaceutical drugs that uh, you can take that will you know, allow you to live uh, forever. Um, you know, they, they, you just can't play God and get away with it because they end up destroying life more than they, more than anything. Um, so yeah, they it, need to create a tyranny and they need to reduce the population for them to play God and lord over us all. Anyway, what they're really going to do is end up in their attempt to play God, really play the role of Satan or carry oh. out his roles and do his bidding is the real bottom line. Hey, Lowell, do you know who the largest private owner of farmland in the United States is? Well, I, 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 yes, I do. I've heard who it is, but I won't steal your thunder. Go ahead. All right. It's Bill Gates, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Gates mm-hmm. is the single largest private owner of farmland, not just of land, but of farmland in the United States. He has nearly 270,000 acres of land under his ownership now. Uh, that was at the end of last year, actually. He just purchased more than 2,100 acres of farmland in North Dakota. Okay, so Bill Gates is the largest single private owner of farmland in the United States. That, to me, since we know he wants to reduce the population, is absolutely chilling. Lowell. It's scary because if he gets control so much of this farmland and then refuses to grow anything on it, then it's just a recipe for more famine. It's a recipe for higher prices, a recipe for putting um, the middle class out of out of business, you know, killing the middle class. So you have got a few elites at the top and the rest of the masses are, are poor, can't do anything. Um, it's a recipe for slavery, Sam. Uh, recipe for uh, the Great Reset, right? That's what they want. Well, to have and as happen. they worked on the Great Reset, they're also working on the centralization of nations. Dr. Igor Shepard writes about this in LouRockwell.com, Lowell. And he begins with a quote from J. Edgar Hoover, Sam, quote, The individual is handicapped by coming face-to-face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists. The American mind simply has not come to a realization of the evil which has been introduced into our midst. It rejects even the assumption that human creatures could espouse a philosophy which must ultimately destroy all that is good and decent. End of quote. 
and, and you know, and and so I um, I happen to agree uh, with uh, Dr. Shepard on this. Um, when you think about the Great Reset and the millions of people that would have to be destroyed, the in the civilization, the culture, the heritage that has to be destroyed in order to effect the Great Reset, then it truly is is a sobering thing, and it's hard to believe that. People would, would want to do this. But as you and I know, know, Sam, it's really, this is a battle between the adversary and the Christ, the, between Satan and Jesus Christ. That's really what's going on right now. We've got the adversary attempting to push the Great Reset on the planet, and you have those who serve Christ and believe and worship Christ who want the, li the liberty to live their lives in a way that would be pleasing to their God, right? Meaning have stewardship for the land, have stewardship for the animals, um, and, and uh, to live their lives in liberty. Um, and, and, and so you've got this great clash of ideas going on in the world right now. And, and we need to grasp that, that concept. It is diabolical. It is insidious what the uh, globalists want to do to us. Well, Dr. Shepard reminds us that we've never had a global government before, but there have been attempts throughout history, such as Alexander the Great and uh, such as Napoleon. But what has happened under each of these reigns? Well, every single one of them went badly. There's been a loss of liberty, a loss of life, under, under those situations. Well, we've got the Communist uh, International uh, started in 1919, stated that their objective was world domination and that they would struggle by all available means, including armed force, for the overthrow of the bourgeoisie, right, the capitalists, and, the, and for the creation of an international Soviet republic as a transition stage to the complete abolition of the state, right? They they talk about this complete abolition of the state, as 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 though that were the ideal, right? But they will never get to that step. They will they will um, use the state to crush all opposition to the state, and then they'll rule with an iron fist. Uh, who, who, whoever remains, they'll make slaves out of everybody else that remains. Well, this same mindset to destroy capitalism and to globalize is now being passed on through social Darwinism, which is a belief system of today's elite who foolishly assert that their genes are purer than the rest of humankind. Well, and so now currently, Sam, as, as Dr. Shepard points out here, you got the World Economic Forum pushing the Great Reset. you got Klaus Schwab and his advisor, Professor Yuri Harari, they're both globalists who consider themselves superior to the rest of the human race. Both men have openly bragged about creating a new genetically engineered breed to replace the human race, right? So just like we said earlier, they're playing God, and they want to replace the human race with a transhuman race. They, they, you know, so think about the world in, made up of diverse people, cultures, and histories, and then think of a world devoid of that diversity, everyone speaking the same language, all of the people genetically modified and programmed to think one way, the correct way, of course, 
um, and all subject to the same harsh rules of government. Well, that is what's in store for us if we allow it. And we got a glimpse of that world order during COVID. This stage pandemic um, provided some indications of how the global order would be run. The mandated lockdowns and business closures mirrored the designs to purge freedoms, steal private property, and arrest citizens who did not comply. As an example, we go to no further than Champaign, Illinois, where the mayor, Deborah uh, Finan, basically signed an emergency declaration on March 12th of 2020, which looked very much like something that Karl Marx would have written. This declaration granted the mayor the right to order a curfew to stop the selling of firearms and liquor, to ration and restrict food and clothing, to suspend the rights to water resources, to terminate natural gas, electrical power, water, sewer, communication, of, and other public utilities, to close all businesses, to discontinue the selling of gasoline in any container other than a, ga a gasoline tank properly affixed to a motor vehicle, to order the closure of all streets, alleys, sidewalks, and parks, to limit the occupancy of premises, compel evacuation, order lockdowns, take possession of any person's real estate or personal property, and acquire full title of that property. That was her order, Sam, and, and, and it had nothing to do with public safety, safety but everything to do with anti-human Marxist government. And that's, that's the foretaste of what we would experience under the, the globalists who want to effect the Great Reset. So what can we do about this, Sam? <laughs> well, uh, our job is we need to be worthy to be a part of the remnant. Because if you read the book of Revelation, read modern scripture, you know that uh, we've got the, the great serpent, the great Satan, wanting to, um, to do this global reset. But you also have the Jesus uh, Jesus Christ who who wants a remnant of the people who are faithful to him who want to preserve their liberties and reclaim those that we have lost. So our job, Sam, is to be part of that remnant, be worthy of it. We need to obey constitutional law, but we need to oppose the pretend legislation that destroys life, liberty, and property. Sam? For Lowell Nelson and Sam Bushman, ladies and gentlemen, God, family, and country is the key. Rejecting the dishonest, in my opinion, immoral narrative, Standing for all that God, family, and country teaches in the traditional God-ordained sense is not only the solution to our problems, but where we should be focusing our time. The answer is not political. The answer to the problems we face is moral. We declare this nation shall endure. For Sam Bushman and Lowell Nelson, God save the republic. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for July the 18th in the year of our Lord 2022. 
This is our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers using the supreme law of the land, using the checks and balances that the Constitution provides. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, Dr. Scott Bradley. Back with me once again. It's been a long time, sir. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. How are you doing this morning? Whoa, I'm doing well. We just got back from a big old long trip, and it was crazy and a lot of good and a lot of concern and put it all together, and wow, we're back. Well, it's good to hear your voice again. Good to be uh, with all of our listeners. There's so much to talk about. I don't even know where to start, but here it is, doctor. Here's the question. Will 100 million die from the COVID vaccine by 2028? That's a question that Dr. Joseph Mercola is asking in the Epic Times right now. Well, that's a, a pretty round number. I mean, usually we suspect things that are that broad and everything, but but I think the question is somewhat rhetorical in the sense that uh, whatever the number ends up being, it appears, based upon the track we're on, that it will be a very large number. And, uh, and that's, really, that's really his point, too, because we don't, we don't know what uh, solutions people will find to stay alive. We know there's the God factor always involved of who lives and who dies and why and how and where and when. And, and people uh, don't die before their appointed time. And so, you know, man doesn't have complete control over this. But the point that he's really making is how evil this clot shot really is. The question is, will 100 million die from COVID vax by 2028? The number's not important. The significance is important. And this goes along with David Martin, Ph.D. In his research, he's presenting evidence now that COVID-19 injections are not really a vaccine at all, but they're bioweapons that are being used as a form of genocide across the global population, Dr. Bradley. Well, you know, it seems as though we've, we've got to examine a lot of these things because there has been an awful lot of discussion over the years. I mean, you go back into the, you know, the, the population bomb book, you know, back in the 70s, and you look at uh, some of the um, efforts that have been made over the years to popularize the idea that the world's overpopulated and the genetic uh, destruction and uh, genocidal efforts that have occurred through the years. Uh, you look at China's one-child policy that has proven to be disastrous, and they've even backed off from that. But... But the fact of the matter is, this has been made very popular in our so-called education system, which really is an indoctrination system. And the idea that, uh, you know, the <laughs> there shouldn't be a, a national religion is completely abrogated with the uh, education system we have, which is based upon humanism, is, which is a faith-based uh, system without a divine deity. But it uses these philosophies, of one of which is central, is this overpopulation concept. And so, yeah, there's been a, a great preparatory work, it seems to me, to encourage the idea that we're overpopulated and, and make it popular. Um, I, I, without some kind of context, I really hate to kind of bring an idea up, but I will. <laughs> and we can go in greater depth if you wish, but... Um, 
eugenics has been an issue where they they basically want to do population design you know designer genes if you will uh, where a, a, a very very high number of very prominent individuals for more than a century have been involved in that. Hitler kind of picked up on it, as you know, with some of the things he did. The medical profession in Nazi Germany became very prominently involved in it. Uh, I think we're kind of seeing a replay of that in the uh, the way that COVID is, is uh, being handled here. We're seeing uh, modalities that medical profession is, is implementing without any regard whatsoever to the absolutely destructive modalities and the way they d they destroy life. I mean, almost unequivocally, you go on a vent, you can almost kiss it goodbye. I mean, and that was the mode of, of treatment. I mean, you know, in fact, Trump seized some of American industry to bring these people, uh, you know, to seize and manufacture vents. Almost 100% death if you got vented. The uh, rendezvous concept of, uh, you know, that was the American modality for injection. It's a deadly poison, for crying out loud, based upon the studies that have been done. And the medical profession has been lockstep with the pharma companies on this. And uh, I bring up the Nazi thing. Just, I mean, <laughs> maybe people say, well, you're all over the board. But the fact of the matter is the medical profession was probably one of the more predominant professions that embraced Nazism. They became about 50% of physicians in Germany by the time Hitler's regime was done had joined. A very high preponderance of them went with the SS, uh, the most brutal and uh, inhumane group of all the Nazis, perhaps except for the Gestapo. But, but the medical profession now is kind of replaying that in America, from my opinion. The, America had by far and away, by far and away, the highest deaths per million in the world. The, the next closest country, the worst, second worst country, I guess I should say, was Iran. We were fully 45% plus more killed by the COVID here in the United States. Much of that was by our modalities. So I, I don't know. Um, I think that the United States has been wholeheartedly embracing these quote-unquote medical solutions that uh, have been destructive of life. And so maybe, I mean, I don't know if it's 100 million or how many million, but honestly, uh, you know, just a few decades ago, 1976, when the Ford administration went their big push on the, the flu shots, we had a handful of deaths is all. And and if you look at the interpolation numbers that come out of the VAERS reports where they report vaccine injuries and deaths, uh, the best compromise number uh, is over a million people have died in America so far with the COVID shots. I mean, uh, the, the VAERS is reporting 29,000 plus and some say that's 1%. Do the math. That's a whole bigger number. Some say, oh, it's a 10% reporting. That's a pretty big number, too. And um, the, the best compromise is multiply 29,000 by 41. That's over a million deaths in the United States alone so far. Uh, it's a note. There is no valid report that says, by the way, VAERS over-reports anything. Every single study 
that's been done says they vastly underreport. It varies between 1% and 10% of reporting is all. But we, we, the wheels have fallen off. The wheels have fallen off the medical profession. And while I have had conversations with those in the medical profession privately, offline, no, uh, there, there certainly would be a denial of the discussion. There are some that are saying we've got some deep problems, but nobody will say it publicly because the uh, it seems the powers that be have declared what the it's not a uh, well it, it 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 truly is a script. It's not a narrative. It's not a storyline. It's a script. How they have been told this will be played out. And I think we're being played for suckers on this thing. I really... Yeah, we better stand up. Now, there's a new movie out, ladies and gentlemen, called Infertility. So it's called Infertility, The Diabolical Agenda, a film by award-winning filmmaker Andrew Wakefield, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and uh, Children's Health Defense. And they say, watch the chilling tale of African women whose fertility was tragically stripped away through an experimental tetanus vaccination program. Are women everywhere next is the question. This is what we're talking about. And we're beyond uh, if it's possible or will they really do it. They're doing it now and we have the evidence and the information. Uh, I don't know how many people will die but this is their plan that's unfolding before our very eyes, and we have early proof of their satanic agenda, Doctor Bradley. I, you know, this uh, there's there's so many venues we could follow on this thing. I mean, certainly the infertility issue and the tetanus thing is an unassailable uh, something that needs to be examined heavily and. Kennedy and the Children's Defense Fund and Wakefield have, have put some very, very credible things out there in the past. And, and if, in fact, they've experienced, and by the way, the African population, as well as some Asian populations, have been the lab rats on most of the vaccines that have come out. There have been organizations, large public organizations, large institutions, and the Gates Institution is, is probably one of the largest, but it is churches and everything else have uh, financially contributed to these kinds of things. The, the, you know, the idea of this tetanus thing. Let's see, what can we use? Oh, yeah, tetanus, that's a, that's a bad disease. And so they put something in it that makes it so they can't have children. They don't have to kill them if they're never born. We ought to talk about the autism thing. Wakefield was involved in that. Well, maybe we can talk after the break, it sounds like. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley. FreedomsRisingSun.com and Sam Bushman on your radio. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. 
TheEpicTimes.com. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. Freedomfactor.org. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. This discussion is getting harder and harder to have because the evidence uh, is becoming so overwhelming, ladies and gentlemen. Will 100 million die from the COVID vax by 2028, writes Joseph Mercola, Epic Times. The number's not factual. The number is relative to say, look, they're coming after us, folks. David Martin, Ph.D., doubles down and presents evidence that says, hey, the COVID shot isn't a vaccine at all. In fact, it's a bioweapon. And it's being used as a form of genocide across a global population. All right, we talk about infertility. A Diabolical Agenda. That's a film by Andrew Wakefield, Robert Kennedy, and the Children's Health Defense. Watch the chilling tale of African women who got, believe it or not, a... <clears throat> This is just hard to even say a tetanus vaccine, uh, but they became infertile over it. Yeah. And are women everywhere next? I think the answer is yes. And I think the fix is already in, folks. Now we need to highlight this connection with an incredible article called The Nazification of American Medicine, turning American medicine into kind of a Nazi agenda, ladies and gentlemen, through eugenics. Contributor and author, Dr. Richard Amerling wrote the article he's a medical doctor highlighting this very chilling reality check dr bradley well you know it's interesting this this article you're referring to is is unfortunately one of many i mean i'm not saying it's it's bad that we've got other sources of of uh, kind of confirmation of this but for many decades now in fact i can think of an article back in 19 well it wasn't an article it was a academic study that was done back in 1988 i mean that's before some of your listeners will probably be born. There was a guy by the name of Robert N. Proctor that said um, the physicians joined the Nazi party uh, in droves, nearly 50% by 1945. It's much higher than any other profession. And and the, the understanding comes out of some of these academic studies that 
Physicians were seven times more likely to join the SS. Again, that's the about the most diabolical of all the Nazi groups, except for maybe the Gestapo. Seven times more likely to join the SS. And nurses were also very major collaborators in this. And, and so what happened was there was another one by uh, Robert J. Lifton, I think, the Nazi doctors, 2000. People have been studying this. There's been a, a kind of a peeling of the onion. For some reason, the physicians gave an academic credibility. They gave a professional credibility. They gave a uh, 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 just the feeling that what was going on with this genocide was okay. And, and the in fact, uh, it was necessary, doctor. Well, that's what they they act like now. Yeah, this, that's right. This, this stuff going on with the tetanus shot in um, in uh, Africa that that happened some years ago. Again, large institutions, churches, uh, big uh, donations made to have that carried out, and this was diabolically satanic. And again, oh, we got to cut back on the population of the world. You know, we talked about that initially about how everybody's been kind of ingrained with that thing. But but the fact of the matter is, if they're never born, you don't have to kill them. And that's that's another approach to it. So on one end or the other, they're either finishing their lives early or they're allowing them never to start. There's a very high incidence, it would seem, based upon the initial studies we're having uh, that are coming out and uh, reports being made about... Um, Women, after this uh, COVID jab, are becoming less and less fertile. I mean, they're, they're finding difficulty in getting pregnant. They're finding spontaneous abortion occurred. I talked to somebody who lost two, two grandchildren. I don't know if they're granddaughters or not, but her daughters had spontaneous abortions. I talked to her personally the other day, and uh, it's like, wow, what's going on here? These things just don't happen. It's kind of like the... Uh, uh, the reports are coming out of the uh, life insurance industry that this this huge spike in unexplainable uh, deaths that it's like wow uh, why are all these young working age people dying uh, now that we've, we're coming along with this this COVID vaccine that started largely in 2021 and uh, and they're being sh not reported in the mainstream media so it's the physicians that are doing this, I really think, have to start to bear responsibility. You don't want to be a Nazi, for crying out loud. Step it up and face it. Oh, I'll lose my job. I've got big, big student debt. I, I can't survive if I said anything. I have had people tell me personally that if they vocalized some of the things that they know from science, you know, follow the science, Science is telling them that the some of these things are absolutely, they're not documentable, they're not provable with science. You can't prove that there's va value coming out of the COVID shot particularly. And by the way, I hope we're going to get shortly to Fauci's statement that, uh, ah, well, it's not so effective, this COVID shot anyway. So we're going to say, oh, okay, so we're getting all of these downsides, all of these contradictions, these great risks, death, uh, uh, autoimmune systems, uh, neurological problems, heart problems. We're talking about uh, all sorts of uh, destruction of, of the ability to th ward off other uh, 
sicknesses or the spike protein that it that it jet that it sends through the body um that literally attacks every single organ you have including crossing the blood brain barrier uh including um crossing the placenta um including crossing uh through mother's milk and the disaster done i mean look the fix has already been set ladies and gentlemen the notification of American medicine is happening. Everybody went lockstep. Instead of I'm just following orders, it's like I'm just following procedures. I'm I'm just following. Look, this is the protocols that we've been given. That we need. These are the CDC. These are the WHO. These are the protocols. The lies that we've got to do this. That we have no choice. That we daresn't step out of line. This is what we're talking about, Doctor Bradley. You know, uh, I mean, everything from spontaneous abortion to early death to all these other things that we got going. And uh, the medical profession has got to take responsibility. They got to say, heck no. Okay, you can say it stronger. There's an interesting magazine. All of your, uh, it's an article that all of your listeners ought to pull out and read. It's out of the tablet magazine. It's dated the 9th of December, 2020. Ashley K. Fernandez wrote it. She's the associate director of the Center for Bioethics and Medical Humanities at The Ohio State University. The title of the article is, Why Did So Many Doctors Become Nazis? Like I say, this has been academically examined, and we are in a, sadly, a neck-deep replay, I fear, in the United States today when the medical profession is being co-opted into a machine that is violating their oath to do no harm. And, and like I say, some admit to me privately, off the record, they would never come forward with this in a public arena and say, ah, you know, we, financially, we would just die on the vine. Some of these people have a million dollars in, in uh, student loans, and uh, they would be delicensed. They would not be able to practice their profession, their priestcraft, I call it, they're, uh, uh, where they've been trained for the Ministry of Pharma uh, through the uh, medical industry uh, and their universities. Pharma has co-opted everything there completely. They've co-opted the news media through all the advertising they do with them. They've co-opted almost every uh, major media outlet. If you watch anything on any channel, the, the, the FDA-approved uh, poison that they're uh, advertising with all of the downsides of it, oh, yeah, they told you. They told you your liver was probably going to die. So they uh, they don't have any responsibility. And and most people say, well, my doctor prescribed it. He'd never do anything that, that, that would hurt me. And the doctors go to their reference guide, and they, they give something that they've got to give uh, another pill or two or five to counter whatever outcome is coming with you. I've been down that path. I just don't take the stuff. But they say, oh, we've got to give you uh, uh, this blood thinner for this reason. And, oh, yeah, we'll give you this to counteract what it does to you. It's absolutely absurd. And, and so, yes, we are in the middle of a crisis. And the formerly trusted family confidants, the f- medical practitioners, have literally been betrayed and have now betrayed us, many of them unintentionally, but the fact remains. Anthony Fauci now uh, admits this. He says one of the things that's clear from the data 
is that vaccines, because of the high degree of transmissibility of this virus, don't protect overly well, as it were, against infection. Quick pause. We'll talk about it with Dr. Bradley in seconds on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Senator Bernie Sanders on Sunday criticized President Biden's visit to Saudi Arabia. His complaint is that the Crown Prince was involved in the killing of an American resident journalist. A Texas House investigative committee released a preliminary report Sunday outlining a series of failures by multiple law enforcement agencies in their response to the Uvalde, Texas elementary school shooting. The 77-page report described the incident, an overall lackadaisical approach by nearly 400 police officers and federal agencies. West Virginia Wanda Palmer awoke from a years-long coma after being brutally attacked in June of 2020. Jackson County Sheriff Ross Mellinger said they needed help in the case. The, the real thing we were missing up to this point was someone who could tell us what happened. She identified her brother Daniel Palmer as the assailant. He was arrested at a remote West Virginia location. USA Radio News. Camp Lejeune Justice is responsible for the content of this ad. Attention Marines, personnel of any branch of the armed forces, and their families stationed at Camp Lejeune and contractors who worked at Camp Lejeune. Were you present at Camp Lejeune for 30 days or longer between August 1953 and December of 1987? For 34 years, those on Camp Lejeune were exposed to contaminated drinking water, resulting in devastating injuries, including several forms of cancer, adverse birth outcomes, Parkinson's disease, and more. Until now, the laws have prevented victims from getting justice, but Passage of the Camp Lejeune Justice Act of 2022 would allow victims to seek compensation for illnesses and injuries linked to the toxic water. If you or a loved one got sick after exposure to contaminated drinking water at Camp Lejeune, you need the right legal team that has the experience, support staff, and resources to seek the maximum compensation for your injuries. Call now for a free consultation and case review. Call 800-832-9166. That's 800-832-9166. Again, that's 800-832-9166. Boeing's defense chief, Ted Colbert, said Sunday the company had learned lessons from a contract to supply the U.S. presidency with new Air Force One jets, which has cost the plane maker almost $1 billion in charges and is up to three years behind schedule. A new schedule for the two planes to be delivered has been pushed back to 2026 and 2027. Major League Baseball has paid off a lawsuit alleging minimum wage infractions. The Major League Baseball has agreed to pay $185 million to current and former minor league baseball players to settle a federal class action lawsuit alleging violations of minimum wage laws. The settlement was filed Friday and is pending a judge's approval. It is considered one of the largest wage and hour class action settlements in history. For the USA Radio News Los Angeles Bureau, I'm Ellie Andrews. USA Radio News. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious business, the discussion we're having right now. All right. Anthony Fauci 
literally blatantly admits two and a half years after the COVID. What am I going to call it? The COVID intentionally created and released bioweapon created a vaccine in partnership with Donald Trump Operation Warp Speed that brought the vaccines. So the initial bioweapon was the virus, if you can call it that, really. Um, It's a man-made, lab-manufactured, intentionally released virus. Then they rolled out the vaccine and literally fast-tracked it. No studies, brought it, had everybody inject themselves, and now we're finding out, well, not only does it do just tons and tons and tons of harm, but now Anthony Fauci literally says one of the things that's clear from the data is that the vaccines, because of the high degree of transmissibility of this virus, don't protect overly well against transmission or infection. Now, you think about that, and you go, what? Wait a minute. We were told this was the solution. This was the savior. This was, Now that everybody's got a shot, didn't work, a shot, a booster, a shot, a shot. Now they say, wow, um, it doesn't work at all. And this on the heels of a bombshell study, Dr. Bradley, natural, um, natural immunity or the immunity conferred by a previous COVID-19 infection, provides superior protection against the virus when compared to vaccines. We said this from the very start. What they did is deplatform us. They said we are guilty of fake news, that we are lying, that we are conspiracy theorists. Now we have evidence of the harm because a court forced the vaccine companies and others to release 5,500 pages of information every single month proving everything we said and more. Dr. Bradley... There's no way they could uh, pretend this was not absolutely intentional. I think there's a lot of we're so sorry's that need to be offered. They can never justify and make it up. All of those that got in line and regurgitated the whole party uh, script uh, need to stand forth and say, we blew it. But here's you're absolutely right. The timeline is kind of this way. The 15th of May of 2020. Trump announced that they're going to do this warp speed thing. Again, constitutionally, go back and read the Constitution, folks. There is nothing that says the general government could be involved in anything like that. But Trump, nevertheless, announces they're going to put billions of dollars into the development of a vaccine. Okay? So by the by June 30th. By the uh, way, without yeah. evidence of its necessity and without authority, Donald did this. We cannot let Donald have a pass for this, Doctor. No, you're absolutely correct. He violated the Constitution completely, totally, and unequivocally, as did virtually every governor, every health department, everything. They, they created law out of thin air. It was pretended law. This, that was one of the points of the Declaration of Independence that the U.S. Founding Fathers used as justification for taking up armed revolt against the king. So, okay, Trump announces in May that they're going to do this warp speed fiasco, uh, unconstitutional deal. June 30th, the FDA announced the vaccine needs to be at least 50% effective for diminishing the severity of COVID-19 symptoms to obtain regulatory marketing approval. They rush forward with this thing. The, there never has been a vaccine put out with mRNA uh, technology. Never. 
every time they've tested it. I mean, they've done as far as animal testing, and it's, the animal tests were absolutely disastrous. They found that in some instances, as they had injected the uh, subject animals, the next time they got exposed to, uh, in the wild, if you will, virus that was uh, similar to what they had been vaccined against, they had 100% death. The problem is with this, it's you need years, years of study to verify the uh, not only the, the effectiveness but also the safety because you have these other downsides. Most, most viral infections don't have vaccines because the vaccine technology fails in the early stage clinical trials. And and because, and because the virus has changed so fast and morphed that you can never keep up. It's nothing but a crapshoot Russian roulette. Even so, look at the flu vaccine. Oftentimes they come back and say it's less than 50% effective this year. Sorry, we didn't get the right strains involved. Well, flipping a coin is better than those odds then. Okay, well, this is pure insanity. It is indeed. And, and you're right about the flu, the annual flu vaccine things. It, they really kind of uh, sit in a boardroom and say, now, I haven't been in those boardrooms. I have been present when they have set interest rates, and there is not a big mathematical formula. They sit back, kick back their feet on the desk, and say, we're going to set interest rates at blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a from-the-hip, out-of-the-pocket kind of thing, and, and I, I suspect that's exactly what they did with these things. But, um, but the science behind it is not there. And because many vaccines cause side effects, safety testing requires years of observation and thousands of clinical trial participants. Well, what you got was an emergency use authorization, uh, what they came out with, without sufficient time, years, multiple years, uh, that should have been done. And uh, they started pushing this forward, expending resources, financing, before the safety and efficacy was known. And so they initially touted, oh, it's 95%, guys, we've hit a home run. It's pure malarkey. There is nothing that would scientifically say that. And so you get institutions and organizations and advertisements and news reports that come out and say safe and effective. And now they're giving them to kids six months old. And I'm telling you, people, we've been saying this from day one, but these, it's not a storyline, it's not a narrative, it is a script that has been followed unerringly, and everybody's been sucker-punched on this thing. Like I say, we've been saying this from the beginning, and now Fauci comes out and says, well, you know, really, it's not been that good. And, and one report I saw, they said they're really in the range of 5%. I think that's generous. I really do believe that is generous, but, but maybe they can say, well, it, it worked sometimes. And, and they say, oh, well, uh, we're not going to get as sick if you take it. Uh, what's the proof? How, can you, how do you know that you weren't as sick with or without? And all of the difficulties you had with side effects, all of the, the issues in regards to... Uh, death and destruction that might be there waiting you. I did a, and, and again, I'm kind of, this is not a scientific study. In our local community, I went through the obituaries for between uh, April of 2021 and August, end of August of 2021. And this was, again, a, a personal 
unscientific review. I looked at individuals between, you know, the, with the working ages, 18 to 55. And what I found was an overwhelming number of those that had died unexpectedly at home alone. Now, they never, ever, ever said related to vaccine. They never said that. But in comparison to previous years that have happened, these unexpected deaths that just, boom, gone. You're home alone, laying in bed, you're getting your breakfast, whatever you're doing, keel over dead. And I don't know if it was a stroke, a, a blood clot, or if it was a, uh, uh, you know, some kind of uh, heart ailment from the heart inflammation. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I completely discounted the ones that said, after a long and courageous battle with a particularly virulent form of cancer, blah, blah, blah. Those didn't go into my review because we had a pretty good idea why they died. But it was overwhelming how these working age people died unexpectedly. Again, I'd, I'd like to see a real true scientific study done uh, that, that correlates this, but nobody wants to hear it. They just don't want to. I did this for my own personal interest, and I was absolutely shocked. I thought I would find a handful of cases. I would say 40% of them at least died unexpectedly, uh, totally out of the blue. No previous, any indication of any problems or anything like that, boom, gone. And, and none of this is being reported. Well, and here's and the uh, other problem too, Dr. Bradley. You know, they got the mortgage industry or the housing industry uh, most people left. There's, you know, certain super mortgage people involved, and the big banks are involved. Uh, they did this with all kinds of economic things back in 08. Now they're doing this to the medical profession where people are leaving in droves. Here's the headline from World Net Daily and Art Moore. It says this Bombs or uh, health experts quit CDC, NIH, and FDA due to bad science. Due to bad science, there's a mass exodus uh, now causing staffing shortages, rights Art more. They've done this to the military. Liberty Roundtable Live. We'll discuss it in seconds. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like the 2021 real buckaroo calendar order online from rangemagazine.com 
Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Dr. Scott Bradley with me, freedomsrisingsun.com. So health experts are quitting in mass from the CDC, the NIH, and the FDA. Why? Due to bad science, folks. They're having a mass exodus. They've got low morale. They've got staffing shortages as a result of this, all written by ArtmoreWND.com, uh, highlighting this reality. Um, that's good news and bad news, Dr. Bradley. Well, it's, it's, it's sort of interesting to me that, uh, uh, you know, to say as broad as brush statements, oh, there is no science. Well, they might have done things in a test tube with a Bunsen burner at times, but the fact of the matter is, the the justification for what has gone down and how it has been handled, the uh, verification and testing that's been done or not done, all of it contradicts everything of the scientific method. And so people that have some character left are saying, we've got to get out of this. And and so th- I, it sounds like some of the alphabet soup organizations are, are losing some of their... Um, their people, I, I suspect they'll go out and practice in industry someplace. I doubt they're leaving medical profession completely, but but the fact of the matter is that there are some that are saying no, uh, it just isn't happening. It's not making sense. Now there's guys that are uh, you know about my age that have been physicians that I've known for decades, are telling their children and grandchildren don't become physicians. They're just flat out counseling them not to do that, and. Um, and, and you can kind of see why when it's an indoctrination smear that happens in medical school. It's run by the pharma companies. They're funding them, and, and they're teaching them you got a pill for this, a pill for that. And, and everything, you look on everything. <laughs> when you watch the advertisements on television, they say, oh, you got to get this for that malady or this malady or whatever. And, oh, by the way, here's the chances of things unraveling on you with all of these different follow-on maladies, and I guarantee every time you have a recall, a Vioxx, for example, um, came out in a, about 1999, 2000. Uh, after five years nearly, they pulled it. FDA approved. Everything was FDA approved. It went through all the hoops, the normal standard you know, studying and all that kind of stuff, and they ended up pulling it. I don't remember what the number was exactly, but it was something like 400,000 heart attacks attributed to this poison, and they ended up pulling it. It took five years. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. Uh, and now we've got, what, how many people died from the COVID in the United States? At least they're dishonest claims, a million? Uh, they they claim it, but if if you had it when you died, you died of it. You might have been on a motorcycle accident, 
and they swabbed your nose when they dragged your body into the hospital. Yeah, and you had COVID, so it's a COVID death. uh, It's a COVID death, guys. All right, so check this out. Now, Ivana Trump, that's Trump's first wife, died, and now the coroner rules the death accidental. She died by, quote, blunt impact injuries, according to the New York City Medical Examiner. Uh, But now people are saying, you know what, that's probably COVID-driven as well. Because you go, um, what do you mean, blunt trauma to the lungs? Well, how, how are you going to really know that? They got control of the autopsy. They got control of the body. You'll never know the truth on that one. Now they're well, trying to know, act like people are not dying from COVID, right? Or, or the, the shots. Or the f- shots. That's, that's the problem is anything you're going to see a spike on never gets attributed to the vaccine, so-called. That's, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, well, he, he died of something else. But but there's not a there's not a box to check. Was he vaccinated? When? And and were there follow-on symptoms? I mean, see that's kind of the problem you get with with uh, you know the sudden infant death syndrome. There's no box to check and say was the was the child vaccinated in the last six weeks, whatever. And there's not a box to check for sudden adult death syndrome. This this is a new syndrome that's popped up. I mean. You know, a 25-year-old goes to sleep at night and doesn't wake up in the morning. And it's like, oh, I wonder what caused that. And, and it's a new malady that's similar to sudden infant death, and it's sudden adult death syndrome. And then you bring yeah. it up, and they say, oh, you're a conspiracy whack without evidence there, see? And, and, and they, they go on and on. I mean, it's just insane. It. It's ever just looks insane, it. ladies and gentlemen. So there you have that. Uh, you've also got uh, Justin Bieber and his wife, Haley. They both had very weird, weird, weird stuff with vaccinations as well. I mean, the list just goes on and on, folks. But listen to this, though. They're losing credibility in every sector, from the health sector to the mortgage sector to the banking sector. to the, uh, And now they're attacking the medical sector. But listen to this. They've now got the first in-depth report on the Uvalde school shooting it was released to the public and to the victims families and it determined that from top to bottom there were failures combined to turn the may 24th attack into the worst school shooting in texas history systemic failures and egregious poor decision making included school officials who failed to follow established safety plans and responding law officers who failed to follow their training for active shooter situations. They also delayed confronting the gunman for more than an hour in a 77-page report. They say basically, look, they protected themselves instead of the community, ladies and gentlemen. They failed to prioritize saving the lives of innocent victims and children over their own safety, the report said of the law officers. Okay, now we're going to gut schools, teachers, which I'm kind of fine with because I don't like government schools anyway, But and, and now the cops are getting more and more and more. Pretty soon they're going to decimate every economic profession possible to the point where uh, there will be no credibility at any level anymore, doctor. 
Well, uh, you know, I, I look at this, and it's just a tragic travesty. I mean, how many rifle companies does it take on site, heavily armed, body armor, shields, the whole nine yards, you know, uh, it's, it's just astonishing. They've got every weapon available except for nukes that they could have used. And, and how many rifle companies to, to go against one teenager? Holy Hannah. I mean, stop and think about this. I mean, to protect and serve? I mean, that used to be, when I was in L.A., I spent some time living down in Los Angeles, and uh, they had that slogan, I guess, or logo or whatever on the side of their cars, protect and serve. What the heck is happening? Everything is like, well, you know, I, well, what are they thinking when they became a cop? I mean, uh, or, or whatever their, their assignment was in their, in their agency. Um, well, you know what? It's a pretty good job. I get to carry a badge and wear a gun, and, and I, I make a steady salary. I don't know what they were thinking. But then a push comes to shove. you got one lone gunman gunning down little children. You can hear the And hold screams. on. Not only are you talking about a lone gunman doing this, but you're talking about a guy who they say was kind of a derelict in life, couldn't get a job, made, very mellow job, didn't have any money, somehow gets money for high-tech gear and is a rock star in how to use it. Something's wrong, Doctor. Yeah, there, there's just, we don't have the whole story coming out. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, when you consider the cost of some of these weapons and, and the ammunition, I mean, ammunition alone nowadays is, has gone insane in terms of pricing. I mean, the cheapest stuff you can get in 5.56 now is about a buck around. I mean, and that's stuff that will wear your rifle out soon. I mean, so you, you walk in with all this ammunition, all of these sidearms, all of these long guns, and body armor on top of that. And where the heck did a guy that was flipping burgers or whatever he was doing get all this cash? And and it's like... Well, where did he get all the experience, though? Nobody could confront the guy because he was just too killer of a crack shot or something? But at oh, some point, is, he's beyond his capability, militarily speaking, and everything else. This is a guy who was like, you know, supposedly a marksman with incredible skills. You just couldn't take him out, kind of. A, it's insane. It's totally insane. It's... It's kind of as uh, flaky as the Oak City bombing that happened with Timothy McVeigh. Here's a couple of guys that can't set a firecracker off in their backyard without blowing their fingers off, put together a, a bomb in a, in a truck that, uh, okay, it's it have to talk about reflective technology and uh, coupling of through atmosphere and all this kind of stuff, a bomb that did far more devastating stuff than it could have possibly been done by a vehicle parked in the, in a parking spot in front of a building unless you knew how to establish. This was no 11 Bravo kind of thing with some infantry guy that knew how to throw a few hand grenades. This was very high-tech stuff. We're not getting the story on most of the things that are happening, and they make this big whoop-de-doo about things, and I, I don't want to get too far afield, but almost everything that happens is, is a spin doctor kind of thing. And uh, that's what's sad. I mean, you look at, for example, in Utah. Again, we're back at COVID. I hate to do this in a way, but I will. Almost two weeks before the, co the first COVID-attributed um, death in Utah, the governor uh, declared a state of emergency in the state of Utah. Now, there's a whole bunch of laws that, so-called laws. They're not real laws. You can't do what they did. They claim they did with these laws by the declaration of an emergency. But... He and you would have to emergency. ask, where did he get the intel to do that? Well, that's the thing. He, he opened up 
the state to receive billions of dollars of federal funding, and it all went down the road with all of these other emergency things that the individuals and families got and everything like that. They absolutely gutted the economy with this. They destroyed our freedom. Every single stinking thing that came out of that was a complete destruction of, of principle and proper everything. And, and we, don't, we don't get the story on any of these things that come out. It's so frustrating to, to think that, well, I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that if they have a press conference, they want to lie to you. <laughs> you know? Uh, the I mean, sad it's, part, it's, ladies and gentlemen, and the good part is you better say your prayers. Well, you got to get close to God and stay there. That's the only bottom line on it. I mean, if you're not right with God, uh, you're you're going to be sucker punched. And we have been sucker punched on every turn. Everything that's happened in this nation, it's not just been in the last two and a half years. It's been in decades. Uh, almost everything has been some kind of spin lie to get an agenda carried out. It's It's so destructive. And... I think Americans have just got to wake up. Now, by the way, by the way, we have the tools at our disposal, and, and government is limited and bounded by the constitutions that have, were established and accepted. The consent of the governed was obtained that said we will be governed by these people that operate within these guidelines, these parameters, these limits and bounds, and we will accept those laws. But nothing that's gone on has been within those bounds. And constitutionally, if we re return to that, we'd be able to rein in government instantly. The fools that are running the nation would no longer have any authority to do Well, they don't have authority now, but they surely wouldn't have it as we go forward. The solutions are abundant. The solutions are clearly noted. Ladies and gentlemen, we just need to double down for God, family, and country. We need to protect life, liberty, and property. And we need to demand accountability and transparency at every level. You only have a republic if you can keep it, ladies and gentlemen. Will you get involved? FreedomsRisingSun.com LibertyRoundtable.com LovingLiberty.net BrideyOnRadio.com Those are some of the websites that you ought to check out. TheEpicTimes.com WND.com We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic.